Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast one more. Got a great show for you today. Uh, we got Ryan Hyatt, uh, we got Steve Shrimpy Brunies, and we got Bill Berman and myself, Jake Jack Johnson. Uh, today's episode will cover uh, week two of March Madness, uh, the Sweet 16, it's here. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Ryan Hyatt will be quarterback in this episode. We'll be back in just a second. Go ahead. All right. Good evening and good afternoon and good morning to everybody. And welcome to the One More Podcast. It's a podcast you want to have when you want to have one more of all the great stuff, whether it's sports, food, beverage, and everything in between. You're going to get a little Jack Jack Johnson. Carl Johnson going to be coming to you from Biloxi, the race and sports book director there at the Beau Rivage. We got our man from Unknown Parts, Bill Berman. We don't know what exactly he does. Nobody really does, but he's got great insight. And then if you need a man for shrimp, and everybody needs a man for shrimp, Steve's our man for shrimp. We're going to talk to him about the uh, little dendo brachiata, because that's what we like to have on our bowls while we eat. How's everybody doing today? Hey, what's up, man? What's up, boys? Good to be with you. Uh, parts unknown, I kind of like that label. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't like to be bogged down anywhere, you know what I mean? There's as long as you don't end up like the other guy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> no, I, I like parts unknown because that gives you plausible deniability and anybody that knows michael lombardi probably needs plausible deniability when it comes to breaking news stories and other things dealing with the nfl plausible deniability is one of the pillars of my life hell i can't uh, we got to get it rolling we've got march madness continuing to go on i think we can legally say that i lose track of what the ncaa allows us to say or not say I had a woman from the NCAA at a tournament one time come and take my Diet Coke away from me on press row because it was not in a proper container. But that's a story for another day. Oh, <laughs> let's get it going down there at the Beau Rivage. Numbers you're hanging right now. Uh, let's start it with what's going on tomorrow. Some of the early games. You got that Arkansas and Gonzaga. You got Texas Tech laid out west against Duke. Where do you want to go on the numbers, Carl? What are you looking at? All right, so let's start with uh, the Gonzaga game. Arkansas at Gonzaga. Right now we've got Gonzaga nine and a half, one fifty-five. So uh, you know, just the way these things move, these basketball numbers often will move pretty good. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the Sharpies like to hit them. Uh, this should be a good game. I've got some stuff on this game, but let's hear about what other people want to want to think talk about. Oh, we well, do that, Bill. What, what are you looking yeah, at? Yeah, I, I was going to say, Ryan, I, I, I like Arkansas in this game. You know, this top half, I'll call it the top half of this um, of this West and South bracket. <clears throat> That's about all I got right in my bracket for the most part. But, but forget, <laughs> my, for, forget my bracket. But I actually ended up with Gonzaga and Arkansas playing each other. And I got to stick with what I thought originally, which is which is Arkansas. Um, going down to Gonzaga, unfortunately. Uh, I think people, um, I, I get the, the coming into the tournament, people's negativity around Gonzaga. We've talked about it um, in, in prior podcasts. Um, but I, I get this sneaky feeling this team's going to the Final Four. I don't know if they're doing much beyond that, but they're going to the Final Four. So, uh, and I think, I, by the way, can we just pause for a moment of silence to, uh, to talk about that Arkansas to Mexico State game, which was uh, <laughs> one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was it was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Uh, so listen to these numbers. 
Arkansas was three of 16 from three point land, 18%. Uh, I mean, 14 for 51 from the field, 27%. Uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Worst game of the tournament. I've heard that sound coming off the rim before, and that's from my jump shot. Not It should not be from a Division One college athlete. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys, I get to see that game in the Big 12 about two or three times a week. You know, <laughs> hey, we got a peach basket. They got to go up, get the ball out of it, reset it. Defense has been like that all year. Uh, I, we try to credit it to good uh, defense. Sometimes I wonder about the offense, although – and we may get to Iowa State here in a little bit. I, I still don't know how they're in, but goodness gracious. All right, our, our shrimp man, what are we looking on these uh, dogs and hogs? We're not talking about the Oma dogs. <laughs> I kind of, I mean, you know, I think the number's right. I know uh, it's a tough game. It's really not a game that I'm going to uh, probably do much with. I think Gonzaga wins the game. As far as covering, I'm not really sure. I, I, th- I know one thing, if Arkansas shoots 16%, Gonzaga's going to cover. Uh-huh. That's that's a guarantee. My buddy said he liked Arkansas to win the game. I said, well, they better shoot about fifty to sixty percent from three. That's the only shot. That's right. I mean, Gonzaga was right. What I, I I was gonna say, Ryan, I love what you just said because both both coaches, but especially the Muspas, who I love, uh, they, they were clinging to well, we got what we wanted to do defensively. It's <laughs> because you shot like shit. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and I'll throw this out for all three of y'all. Where I have a problem holding hands with Arkansas a little bit farther past the parking lot in the movie is they don't shoot all that great perimeter. And most of the teams that spring an upset, a little deep, they get hot on the perimeter. The three-point line comes into play. That's not really that game. One, do they have the ability to get it to the rim against Gonzaga? And I don't think Gonzaga is a very physical team inside, but they do have the size. And two, okay, so – can they can they shoot well enough outside? And how's this thing going to be efficient? What you know? Who benefits there? Arkansas gets a lot of points at the free throw line. If they can't get to the free throw line tomorrow or on on Thursday, can they win this game? I don't think so. <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't believe so. I mean, if 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 Gonzaga controls the pace of this game, uh, I, I think this is going to be a blowout. I like Gonzaga late at nine and a half. And I've been on Arkansas. I've been huge on Arkansas all year long, but uh, they ain't going to be able to shoot 18% or, or 27% and, and stay close in this game. Carl, you making any kind of line on Chet Holmgren's weight at the end of this tournament? <laughs> <laughs> no, that total would be pretty high. I know that. Yeah, I know. I know we. I know we want the under unless you're going to get because they claim he's about 195 pounds heading into the tournament. And I'm going to. I tell you, there, no, there, no there's way. some fluff in that number. Yeah, there's no he's way. Very skinny for sure. He's. I don't see. He's not a very. He's tall, but he's not very uh, uh, thick, as they say. You know, he's. I think he's going to well, get we, rough, roughed up on the inside with, with the SEC team. But I still think they're going to win. I think Gonzaga's going to win. Ryan, I think we talked a little bit about pace last week in, in several games, right? But I think um, sort of what we're alluding to here a little bit is is I just don't know if Arkansas matches up well with this team. And if they want to go pace, I think Gonzaga wins. Um, and I think you're, you've got a, a team that can shoot the lights out versus a team that, that can't. And I'm just not so sure um, that 
that they can match up defensively with them, meaning Arkansas, um, to to hold Gonzaga shooting in check. So what you know, I I definitely <clears throat> you forced me to go one way or the other on the line. I'd go with Gonzaga on this thing. My buddy did bring up a good point earlier. He said Alabama beat Gonzaga early in the year, but Alabama played an absolute perfect game. I think they shot over fifty percent from three. It was a, I mean, they couldn't do anything wrong in the game. I mean, that, that, that happens. And it was early in the year. I mean, I don't really think you can look at that with in this spot. I, I just, you know. Alabama. Yeah. Alabama was a different team early in the year too. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I don't think it's an invalid point. I, I, look, this could get real interesting, but I, I just don't see how Arkansas can clamp down on this team. Uh, and, and they are not, they're not playing well offensively. And I don't, and I'm not chalking it up to New Mexico State. No, no, <laughs> no, we can't do that. Uh, hey, going back to Holmgren, uh, he needs to put on some weight. I don't think he can eat an entire, you know, boudin sausage roll, let alone a boudin burger. You need more than shrimp, my friend. Send him some boudin, at least something. Well, Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm watching that game with Lombardi, and I said to Michael, I said, Michael, you've been around athletes that needed to put on weight and yeah. you, like how does he look the way he looks right now at this point in the season like that kid needs to be locked in a food pantry and tell don't come out until you're fat you gotta, you gotta <laughs> he's gotta eat whoppers at night i, I gave that's I gave, right i gave that yes. Jack special a, a few weeks ago two whoppers before you go to bed you gain 30 pounds in a month absolutely i can do that Whataburger around these parts. All right, so in the <laughs> NCAA's infinite wisdom, men, uh, just about 20 minutes after they get that thing going, they're going to dump another game on us because we can't figure out a way to stagger it the way the NFL does because <laughs> we watch them all because they're stupid. So it's going to be Michigan, Villanova. Anyone take this one? Is this the biggest coaching mismatch in the Sweet 16? You went right to where I wanted to go because – Yes, it is, <laughs> and and I'm going one step further. I actually, I, I locally, I'm I'm in the camp that Villanova's a little too elitist for me. With that said, full respect for, for Jay Wright. Full full respect for Jay Wright because I think Villanova's not only um, there's a wide gap in coaching in this game. I think Villanova's the best coach team um, left in this tournament. Uh, and, and that that's saying a lot, right? Because there's some other guys. I'm a huge Mick Cronin fan, as I've said before. So um, that that is the most. I said to a buddy of mine today, that is kills me to say it, but Villanova is the most disciplined, well coached team left in this tournament right now, in my opinion. All right, now I'll throw this back at Carl or, or anybody who wants it now. Okay, so that's fact. We we Absolutely I think we can do that fact. How do you in integrate that into the line? How do you impact that onto a number and say? I don't want to roll with this coach, but this team, this Michigan team, you got some athletes are playing good. How do you, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, right now you can find it, uh, Villanova, you can find it uh, four and a half. There's some fives out there. Uh, the totals, you can find it right now between 135 and a half, 136, depending on where you're looking. Um, you know, I, I mean, when Michigan got in the tournament, I mean, how they got in the tournament, I have no idea, but they got in, and, uh, you know, I mean, they, you know, the last couple of games, I mean, they've, they've shown up. So, uh, but I think they're going to run, I think their, their tournament ends this week. I agree with, uh, Bill, 
Uh, Villanova's the best coach team, probably the best discipline team out there. Uh, you know, they uh, uh, last time out, they shot uh, uh, 34% from the three-point line, they 44% from the from the field, you know, which is not outstanding. But, uh, you know, Michigan, I mean, Michigan, their last game out, those guys were 54% from the field. Uh uh, no, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 50, 52% looks like, and they were 37% from three-point land. So they've done some of the stuff that they needed to do to get past those teams, but I like Villanova in this one. What's well, the trip number on this thing? Don't don't sleep on uh, coaching for Michigan. I know Jawan Howard's not not a top coach, but he did. He was smart enough to go out and get Phil Martelli, who's a seasoned coach yes. who's been around a long time, and he's the coach of the team. Jawan Howard, he, he did the same thing that uh, Penny Hardaway went out and got Larry Brown. These guys knew, you know, they they made a good move by going out to get an older guy who can kind of show them the ropes. And that you got to respect Phil Martelli. I really think the line on this game is right. I, I could see this being a close game. Villanova likes playing close games. But I will say this. They are the best team in college basketball as far as playing the last five minutes of the game. They do everything correct at the end of the game. They make free throws. They can run clock. They can get good shots. They got a great three-point shooting, Gillespie. They do everything right at the end of the game. And that's probably what is going to get them in. I think they're going to go to the uh, championship game, and I'm not sure. I think the thing is going to be them and Gonzaga in the end, and if it is, I kind of lean Villanova. Because I, 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 you, you got to play the last five minutes of the game. That's the, that's the game, and they and they do it perfect. Good point. You, you just know something. That, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. No, you just know something that I wanted to talk about in this game that I think illustrates something. We used to look at the tournament and say it's a point guard tournament, and now I don't know what the position belongs to. But if it's still a point guard tournament, is Gillespie the best of the best in this tournament with what he does for Villanova within that team construct? Absolutely. I think he just doesn't. I, I'm not sure he is, but but he's not that far out of out of that that description. I was going to say, and it, maybe it ties in a little bit to to what you're you're talking about, Ryan, which is they just don't beat themselves, right? You can beat them, but they are not going to beat themselves. Um, and that's the kind of player Gillespie is too. He's just smart. He's solid fundamentally. You know, goes. He's a perfect example of, of coaching. Uh, Villanova. Uh, do we know, by the way, and I apologize for not knowing because uh, I haven't kept up with it, but is, does, what's going on with Devontae Jones? Is he is he done or is he is he playing? I do not have that information yeah, in front of me right I, now. That, that, I, that I, I don't know what because I think I think that would make a big difference in this game um, for for Michigan. I'm surprised Michigan's done what they've been able to do given the point guard situation, what you just alluded to. I think he's questionable, but I did hear one of these coaches. I think he may be playing this game because he's not listed on the injury report. And, yeah. I mean, he had a concussion. So, by now, it's been three weeks. He should be back. Yeah. He, but somebody, one of these coaches, I'm, I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Huggins. I don't know. But they said that uh, they think that the, the kid that took his place is actually better. They they thinking that Michigan may actually be a better team 
with the kid that played against Tennessee. Wow. I mean, I don't oh, know. Hey, can we just give a shout out to Huggy Bear for, for his <laughs> wardrobe on, on, oh, the, I love it. On, on the desk for the tour? It's what like, you see dude, is what you get. My kind of guy. He is my kind of guy. I mean, Huggy Bear, thanks for dressing up for the occasion. Oh, how would you like to have <laughs> drinks with him? How'd you like to have some drinks with him, Bill? Oh, it would be fun as hell. I mean, he looked like he just was coaching a CYO team across the street, walked over to the CBS <laughs> studio to give him a couple insights and then they go back. He was awesome. Uh, you're not paying him for, for the way he dresses. That's what you're paying him for now. That's how he feels. So. By the way, uh, you know, they should let him talk to uh, uh, t talk to um, our, our boy at Gonzaga a little bit about weight gain. I mean, he could probably help him out. <laughs> oh, he's got so. some despair. <laughs> I have had drinks with uh, Huggins. It's been many a moon. It's a story for another time. Oh, but yeah, we need that it, story someday. Yeah. Nothing better than a hotel lobby bar in Oakland, California, in the 1990s. It's that's that's why you get into the business as a young man, so you can sit there and drink with Bob Huggins like that. I I am picturing uh, uh, things, and I'm I'm extremely jealous right now. <laughs> it was a good night. And especially because it was on his expense, not, not mine. Perfect. <laughs> All right, we're rolling through uh, Thursday night right now. I think we got time at least for one more game before we're going to have to kind of reset, remount, and reload. But let's go back to the second game out there, West. Let's look at the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, the three seed against number two Duke. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this at all. There's a rumor going around that Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> might not be back. Will that play any impact on this game at all? I, I have not heard that. I mean, that's amazing. That's that's really disappointing. I've got great sources. That's that's good stuff, Ryan. That's I mean, that's that's breaking news for the one more yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me let me let me clear. Let me. So I caught a little bit. I don't know what I was listening to uh, the other day, but is is Shisette, Is he gone or is he or what's he doing? Because I. I heard scuttlebutt that he was possibly saying that he was coming back. What What's the deal with him? Is he gone after this year? He, as far as I know, he said he's he's gone, but he's staying around in a paid capacity as sort of an ambassador okay. for the university. Maybe that's what I heard. Uh, I, yeah, I just and I, yeah. I, now I, I that's kind of like. Um, when um, Conan O'Brien, in my opinion, that's Conan O'Brien taking over the Tonight Show, yeah, and and and, and Jay Leno handing it off to him. You know, I, I wouldn't trust that. Shashevsky uh, uh, is is not the sweetheart people make him out to be. So no, uh, so that's got to be a little nerve wracking. The game itself, I, I'm going to raise my hand and say I can't pick this game without bias because my hatred for Duke uh, is is. Um, is ahead of my love for Texas Tech this year. I've been rooting for them all year, but I think Texas Tech takes this game. I have not taken this game in, in the bracket, and uh, I, I'm I'm still I'm still in Ryan's camp where exhaustion sets in at, at a certain point. Yeah, I for uh, Duke. I uh, yeah, you know, I looked at this game. I mean, right now we've got it uh, uh, Texas Tech one and a half, one thirty-seven. Uh, I mean, Texas Tech. You know, they they play ten deep. Uh, they held Notre Dame to 32% from the field. Uh, Obinar, I guess that's how you say it, double-double, uh, 15 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, but, you, you know, Duke, look, uh, I mean, they shot 57% from the from the field uh, versus Michigan State. 
and 38% from three-point land. So, I mean, uh, you know, but I think they're playing the best defensive team that they're, they face in a, quite a while. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, they're going to have to get out on that perimeter and guard the three, and I think they'll be all right. I like Texas Tech. Well, thanks, Steve. How, how, how do we account for emotion in this game for Duke and for Tech? Because Tech has to go against Krzyzewski, too. Look, I think the only option Duke has is they, they like I said, they, they're going to have, just like Arkansas, if they shoot 45 50% from three, they got a shot. I, I can't see it. I think Tech's like Carl said, they just they keep running guys at you. They fresh. They stay fresh late in the game. They too big and physical. I, I, Duke hasn't seen this kind of size on the inside as far as in the physicality. I mean, it just the ACC and the Big Twelve is just. I don't even know how to compare it, but it's it's almost like the SEC and then the Pac-12. It's just two totally different styles in football, and it's it, I just. I think Duke's going to come up short here. I, I don't like their chances with this, uh, you know, Texas Tech running 10 guys at them. I think late in the game, if it's close, I, I like Texas Tech to pull away just like they did against Notre Dame. Hey, Ryan, taking our universal hatred for Duke out of out of the equation for a minute, um, just for a minute, uh, what did you take away from that Michigan State game? Um, as it applies to Duke, because I, I I didn't think that Michigan State team was anything all that special this year, and that game was theirs uh, uh, with a couple of minutes left in the game um, until um, Duke really went on a run and opened it up. I'm saying a couple of minutes, but let's just say the last four or five minutes of that game could have been anybody's game. Yep. Yeah, I don't see this. Like Michigan State is a mid-lower level Big 12 team on most nights. And Duke struggled to put them away. They and to Duke's credit, they looked like a really good basketball team the last five minutes. But that was the last five minutes. I look at Texas Tech and Duke, and there are a couple of things that, you know, I'm going to look at tomorrow. One, how is this going to be officiated? Obviously, Duke's got great size inside. They're they're bigger than Texas Tech inside, but Texas Tech specializes in the no middle defense. Now that's not predicated on just having two big post players or anything. They're going to be at, undersized. So if Tech can't body up and be physical with uh, Marcus Santa Silva and Bryson Williams on the inside. If I'm Krzyzewski, I hammer it in early and see what they're going to call and see if I can get those in. There's going to be a role player tomorrow night for Texas Tech uh, named Bacho. Big kid. He's got five pals to play with. I wouldn't be surprised if Adams kind of turned him loose early on just to see, okay, what can we get away with? If you get three fouls, don't worry about it, kid. Just give me everything you got. Let's see what the tempo, the pace, and the tenor of this game is going to be. After that, Texas Tech can turn you over. They don't press you. They pick you up three-quarter. Duke will turn the ball over. Duke's been better here lately, I think, when they've run the ball through Roach up top and moved away a little bit from Moore. And I think they've been a better basketball team when they've done that. They're, they're, it's, it, it's kind of strength on strength, weakness on weakness a little bit. But I just keep going back to the idea that I think Texas Tech's got multiple ways to beat a team. You take away Bryson Williams, that's fine. Kevin O'Banner in the corner. Mr. 15 for 15, there are four players in the last however many years that the first five games of their NCAA career, they averaged a double-double. One of them is O'Banner, started off obviously, you know, ORU and, and did what he did last year at Tech. There's another guy named Larry Bird. There's another guy named Derek Strong on those really good Xavier teams in the late 80s, and then Shaquille O'Neal. Those are the four guys who've done what O'Banner has done. I don't know it's what that means. It seems pretty good. 
That's a pretty damn good list. Pretty stout. It seems pretty good. So I think the number's right. I think this is going to be a close game. My biggest deal on this is I can't quantify the Shashevsky factor into any sort of line. I don't know what that means to Duke, to Tech, how they'll handle it. I believe in Shashevsky fatigue, but I also said today on my radio show, Tech better be four to six points ahead with under three minutes to go because those whistles are going to come out. This is a TV show, and they damn sure want the TV show to continue with Krzyzewski. And I, I hate saying that, a, but I believe it with all my heart. I, I think that's a great point. I think anybody who doesn't believe it's kidding themselves. And I, I think, agree. you know, your point on the first 10 minutes of the game. I mean, look, that, I'm not saying he's the only coach that doesn't. Boy, he's Krzyzewski's uh, career has been built on, you know, seeing what the hell, how much he can act, actually get away with in the first 10 minutes yeah. of the game. Right? I mean, he's a he, – he worships at that altar. So – um, but I agree with you. If this thing's a this thing's a, a four to six point game with five minutes left, uh, it's it's not going to be a Raiders game. I agree. I, I I I said it a while back. I mean, it's you know he's not one of my favorite teams, but it would not surprise me at all if Duke don't play for the national championship somehow. They got that kind of talent. There's no reason why they shouldn't actually, and if they don't. All of us people who maybe have something to say about Coach K have more to say about Coach K. But what can we do? They'll shut us down. We don't want them to shut us down right now. I think we've got to take a brief pause in the action, remount, reload, get ready to go because we had a ton more coming up on NCAA March Madness right here on the One More Podcast. It's the One More Podcast you're going to have before you have any more podcasts. We're right back. One. We're back on the one more podcast, which is not one more podcast. It's really the only podcast you need. But right now, it's the only podcast you're listening to. I happen to be Ryan Hyatt, at the Ryan Hyatt on Twitter. You got Jig Jack right there, Carl Johnson, Bo Rivage. He's the, uh, you know, sportsbook manager, racebook. We need to talk some horse racing, by the way. Then you got uh, Mr. Berman. I've been told, by the way, in my ear that I have to say Mr. Berman from now on. And then after that, just some guy who gets shrimp for uh, Carl Johnson, who got on the. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're having fun tonight. We're looking. We're looking at the broadcast. We're looking at the uh, March Madness bracket. We've run through uh, most of the uh, Thursday night slate. We still got one more game to go, and then we're going to get into Friday and everything else. So um, let's go out there, and down there for me, out there for you guys yeah. in San Antonio, and it's Kelvin shirtless Samson against outcoach Mr. Floyd in Arizona, a 1-5. And forgive me, I love Houston in this game on the number, and I think I might like them outright. What are you guys looking at on this thing? Yeah, so uh, right now at the book, we've got uh, Arizona 1.5, 1.45.5. So I was looking at the pace of play last time out for for both of these teams. Uh, You know, Arizona put up 95 shots the other day, boys, Houston, 81 shots. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I like Houston here. I know that's a big, uh, Bill. I know that's a, uh, big T, uh, uh, Thomas Gable team. Uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, but I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, there's something about the, out of, out of all the matchups, it's something about this one right here. Uh, I want to say that whoever wins this game is going to have a chance to win the national championship, but uh, I just, I don't have a good feel about it. My heart, my heart says Houston, 
but something's telling me that uh, you know Arizona might might pull this one out. What do you, what do you guys think? I think uh, well, so I, I think I, I maybe I think I'm correct on this, but I think I think we've got the 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 top two teams uh, based on Ken Palm's rankings uh, playing each other here that are left in the tournament, right? Uh, Thomas Gable's no joke from a college basketball standpoint, uh, and he does not bet with his heart. Um, he's like this Houston team all year. I like this Houston team. And I think, by the way, we should start a new tradition. Like, you know, I, I don't think it should be winner. I think losers got to go shirtless after a game, you know, uh, <laughs> or, or, or I, I, it, it doesn't matter who it is, or let's just go shirts and skins on the coaching staff and keep it interesting for these mid season games, but they don't mean that much. Maybe the stuff in November, but you no, know, I, I love Houston. I think, uh, Ryan, I, I think I heard you say, um, you thought they could win this game outright. Uh, I think they will. Um, I, I like this team a hell of a lot. They've played, uh, really consistently all year long. Um, on paper, they may be the most talented team. Uh, if they're not, uh, in, in college basketball, if they're not that close. What do you got, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of lean Houston in, the, in this game as well. Uh, I'm a Kelvin Sampson fan. I mean, the guy's won every way he's been. He's a old season veteran. And Tommy Lloyd, I mean, he's a great coach. He's been an assistant at Gonzaga for a long time, under few, who's a great coach. But this is his first rodeo. Uh, give me the veteran. I got to go with the old guy who, who's been there before. I mean, it's just, you know, Houston plays defense just like Tech. I mean, I'm a sucker for defense. Uh, defense seems to always win championships. And if you don't have a good defense, you're not winning. I mean, Arizona can score with anybody, but I'm not sold on the way they play defense. Well, and you look at what you look, look at what TCU did to Arizona. I didn't like the way Floyd handled it down the stretch on some situations. Let's take that out of it. Uh, TCU got after him on the offensive rebounds. Houston is even better when it comes to offensive rebounds and getting second chance opportunities. I think that's going to be one of those little inside the box score type things that you look at in that game. Pay attention to offensive rebounds and second chance points. And if TC, uh, pardon me, if Houston wins second chance points, Houston will win that game. I think tomorrow night. That's their calling card. They're the best offensive rebounding team in the country, I think. The, the kryptonite to me, based on what they've done this season, is free throws, and, and that, that's massively important in games, obviously, throughout the tournament, but especially when you get to this point in the bracket. So um, if you told me Houston ended up losing this game, um, it, you know, it, it ends up being a tight game where, you know, they shoot, you know, their, their average in free throws, which just been 60s. Yeah. Uh, okay, and, and Carl, this is for you. I need a number here. Houston wins minus what? He walks into the locker room shirtless. <laughs> minus 250, yeah. 235. Yeah, let's just go right in the middle. Let's go uh, 220-ish. Uh, <laughs> See, that's what we need. We need more odds on post-game nudity that's, in the NCAA tournament. These are the prop bets people Prince, are looking for. Prince, brother. <laughs> Get that home grid kid shirt off. Let's see, you know, let, I mean, let's get a look at that kid. I hate to keep beating that kid up throughout this podcast, but I mean. This is, these are the prop bets people are looking for. Yeah. We need more prop bets. Right, more, more, nudity, more nudity prop bets. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm sure MGM is going to love hearing that. Um, blame it on me. Don't Nobody said anything but me. All right. Uh, 
let's go to Friday. Per don't, uh, pardon me, Purdue <laughs> in St. Peter's. I've been to St. Peter's. I've called a game in their gym, my high school gym, bigger in Lubbock, Texas than St. Peter's gym. There's no way St. Peter's has a chance in this thing. They can't get it done. Now, you guys say why they can at least cover the 12, 12 and a half, or maybe even get it done if you think there's a chance. I'm going to give you one simple answer because everything you just said, I said about them versus Kentucky. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I killed them last week. <laughs> Told them not to show up, <laughs> basically. And I'm if, they can do that, if, they do, if they can do that with Kentucky, I think they can do it with Perdome, uh, at least cover. Yeah, I think the reason they're going to cover this game is real simple. They're going to play the – he's using the same blueprints as Butler used the year they almost beat Duke. They, That's a great point. He holds the ball. They, they limit possessions. He's keeping the games into the 60s. Yeah. And that's, that's why they, I think they, they won't win the game, but they will cover because they're going to make it ugly and limit the possessions and keep the game low scoring. And he knows the coach is smart enough to know if he keeps the game in the high 50s, low 60s, he's got a shot. That's, what the, that's the blueprints they use. And they use it. They basically take him what Butler did. And that's what they that's the style they're playing this year. They they're the, the butler, but they're not gonna go as far as butler, of course. All right. So I'm gonna give you my sheriff Buford T Justice. Hold it. Hold up on that, that car wash. Hold up. Hold up, Deb. All right. St. Peter's, they run 10 deep. Uh I mean, these boys shot 52% from the three the other day. Uh Interesting enough, when I was looking at the pace of play that Duke, uh, Purdue played at, uh, of course, they held Texas to 39% from the field. But they Duke, Purdue, I'm sorry, I keep saying Duke, God damn, uh, Purdue, they only took 60 shots in the game, boys. 60 shots in the game. They played 10 deep also. My point is, is that if Purdue is only going to take 60 shots in this game, and St. Pete can hit 50. I don't think they'll hit 52% again, but if they can hit 40% from three, there's no way in the world Purdue covers 12 and a half. No way. Carl, Carl, one, one thing I do have to say, that's that's misleading the 60 shots Purdue took because they shot like 30 free throws in the game. Oh, it was like it was in a, like 25, 30 free throws. They shot a lot of free throws. They got, in fact, that was like a big uh, discrepancy at the end of the game. Somebody was saying, how Texas really got the raw in. I think Texas might have got to the line 13 or 14 times, you know, it might have had 14 free throws, and Purdue had more than double. I'm when you look at the way these two teams match up, though, um, what is surprising is right, just looking at the bodies on the floor. Um, the guards are certainly uh, have a the guards certainly have a big height advantage for for Purdue, but this is not a a massive physical mismatch that that St. Peter's is up against versus some of these other teams in the tournament. Um, I, I, I know that the, the, the big freak in the middle at seven, four, um, uh, he looks like that, that alien coming out of that, that uh, spaceship <laughs> in close encounters of the third con. That's what I think when I see, I think him and, and I'm going to beat on home again. Those, those two kids, like they're all, there's just arms everywhere. No, so they I look understand. like Tarzan and they play like Jane. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But but I, I just am a massive believer in 
teams that play fearless and like they have nothing to lose, and that's what St. Pete's is doing. I wonder, you know, if Purdue comes out there and 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 they're tight uh, in this game. Um, then again, St. Pete, and I'm curious what you guys think. You know, St. Pete's is playing fearless, but coming out in a Sweet 16 game is much different than going in uh, to a first round game and and playing. Um, with house money and not caring what the what the result is that can suck the oxygen out of you in the sweet 16 this is a big stage yep i agree i mean look they they went in overtime and and outplayed kentucky at the end of that game they was able to score and kentucky we know they were they were putting it all out there so that's got to tell you something the fact that they could keep getting in there and scoring in overtime against kentucky and then i i doubted them against murray state and they did the same thing to them. So I don't see any reason why they can't at least keep this game close. I mean, I, I think that number is way too high. Yeah. I think what happens in this round versus first and second round when you're playing a team against St. Peter's, and I've seen this firsthand covering teams that, all right, they the team's going up against St. Peter's spent about, oh, 15 minutes looking at St. Peter's film thinking, all right, we got everything we need to know about it. We'll go beat them. We're better than they are. You don't do it. The next team does about 20 minutes. Now oh, we're better. What now? No, every Purdue's going to study that film. They're going to know them better than I think what you do. And I think that will help. That'll refocus Purdue. I've got a better question though on this thing. I'm impressed right now by Doug Eater, St. Peter's guard. He got him an NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. I asked you three if you could get an NIL deal right now, who do you want? Oh, to sponsor you personally oh, for the rest of the tournament. For me, it, for me, it's either a wing or a hamburger place. I mean, I wouldn't mind being like a, a I don't know, any hamburger place. I mean, that that <laughs> that'd be right up my alley. I figure y'all yeah, had I mean, a good hamburger there at the Beau Rivage, Carl. Got an unbelievable hamburger. All the food there is just outstanding. That's why I've gained forty pounds in in the last year by by working there. <laughs> And I don't want to insult our friends at Buffalo Wild Wings, but you know, let, let, let's just be clear. I'm not so sure they're wings, but 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 that's a whole different conversation. Um, but God, God bless the team for getting the deal. I, I would go. I mean, it's just going to shock you. I'd go the bourbon route. I mean, I'd go. You know, I'd like to be a little sophisticated, and I think Woodford Reserve should 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 be a sponsor. Well, hey, that's a good that's a good point. Will they let alcohol and tobacco give those kids contracts? I hadn't heard it. I mean, I don't know. If they're over 21, yeah. they're going to have to eventually. Yeah. Sweet. Going to have to do it. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Chicago, Illinois, for Providence, one Kansas. I was wrong. <coughs> Pardon me. I get emotional when I talk about Providence. <laughs> I do. I thought they'd get knocked out earlier. They're still here. Kansas, wide open path to me. What do you think? Well, uh, I, 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 go ahead, Carl. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to put the number on the game. So, uh, Kansas seven and a half, one forty-one and a half, Bill. Seven and a half, one forty-one and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Providence. Uh, the Friars, as we've said before, or at least I've said before, luckiest team uh, in college team, basketball. It's the team that at the that the whole country loves to hate, and they just keep proving people wrong. Yeah. I mean, Kansas wins the game. I think Providence covers. Yeah, they're they're. they're, they're I agree. I think uh, 
Ed Cool is a good coach. They showed me some. They got hard. They showed me something in that game against Villanova. Villanova was beating them double digits at halftime the last time they played in the regular season. And I had Villanova. I think the line was like 10 or nine and a half or something. And it was looking real good. And, and Providence came back at the end of the game and almost won the game. So if they could do that with a team like Villanova, I'd see no reason why Kansas should blow them out. I think I think the team's got a lot of heart. I think Kansas ultimately wins the game, though. Sorry for the coffee, boys. Like I said, Providence makes me very excited. I mean, very much. I mean somebody's trying to tell us something here. I mean, that's got to be a signal of some kind, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a signal that I got a dust blowing through West Texas are you today, Kansas and I'm just trying to hold on to what voice I have. Are you saying hmm. Kansas chokes it up? Uh, Ryan, yeah. Is that what you're trying to hit at here? I still think it's wide open path for them. I got them going to the final. Now I had I had this part of the bracket right. I had Kansas playing Providence. I, I Kansas winning the game. I think they win. I think they win a tight game. Um, I think they're you know they're outside of Villanova. They they they're probably to me the the second most solid end to end team left in this um, left in this tournament. But Stevie may slap me around for that. That's every year. Every year. I mean, every year Kansas is in the same position. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, I'll say one thing about Kansas and Bill Self. I mean, he's a good recruiter. And, I mean, I think he's a decent coach. But I do not like the way he coaches the last five minutes of the game. I've seen Kansas choke up some leads at the end of the game and just do some terrible things he mismanages timeouts I'm, I, I'm not a fan of Bill Self at the end of the game and if this thing's close Ed Cooley will outcoach him I promise you down yes I'll give you that I think Cooley I love Mark Adams Cooley may be coach of the year yeah I'm okay with that hmm. all right take us to the best game of the tournament in my opinion well, it's got to be 1973 in North Carolina versus UCLA as we sit here and look at those two getting ready to go. <laughs> what year is this? Pick a year and when this would be a great game because that's what's cool about this 8-4 matchup. Yeah, I mean, that, hey, you know what? That's a good question. I would say uh, uh, I would say somewhere around uh, 84, 85. I was going to say 82. Yeah. But but yeah. Eddie, I think Eddie, you can't go wrong anywhere in the, in the early 80s with this matchup. Yeah. Uh, so this is what we got so far. So UCLA, two and a half, 141 and a half. Uh, you know, North Carolina plays eight deep. Uh, it looks like they got off 82 shots last game, 44% from three, 49% from the field. Uh UCLA uh, got all 55 shots. Uh, looks like 44% from the three-point uh, line and 56% from the field. Uh, this is UCLA is the only future that I have left. All the Me other, too. Yeah, all the other tickets I shredded. Uh, I so love the fact that we stuck together on that. We're okay. we're we're no, right the in one more. That's the one more spirit. That's it. We're right in there together. So uh, let, this, let me ask you guys: This is North. Take St. Peter's out of it. Is North Carolina the most su surprising mainstream team in this tournament in terms of how they've played so far? Uh, no, Iowa State. I would say Iowa State. Yeah, 
I'd go Iowa State. But let's go back. How big was that? That was it a Sunday? It was a Sunday, I think, at Cameron Indoor Stadium at the end of the season. The win that North Carolina got at Duke that day. How did that transform maybe the head coach, the team, and who they thought they were or who they'd been up to that point? and then who they thought they could become. Are they living off that moment right now? I'm going to let Stevie – I want to see. I want to hear Stevie's <laughs> take on what it did to the head coach, if anything. <laughs> that, was a, that was a Saturday night game right, when, when, when they beat Duke. I know everybody thought Coach K couldn't lose that last home game. But, you know, this is a bad matchup for North Carolina. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, UCLA strengths – is defense. They get up on three-point shooters. Uh, North Carolina won't have those wide-open kick-out threes like they've been having. Uh, they have guards that can defend, so they the guards, North Carolina's guards are not going to cut through the lane and get easy layups like they did against Duke. Duke could not defend those guards. They destroyed them in the lane, and I just think that Mick Cronin's defense is going to be the difference in this game. In fact, UCLA is my best bet on this entire Sweet 16 card. I think I think this is when North Carolina's run comes to an end. And as far as the coaching, this is a big-time coaching mismatch, in my opinion. I agree on that one. But where is uh, where's Hawkes right now for UCLA? Do we know? I think he's going to play. He's a tough kid, and he's questionable. But at the end of the day, his dad – there was a joke out there. His dad told Mick Cronin, do whatever you got to do. I don't care if you got to play him on his head. Just get him out there. Like his, his, he's gonna play in this game, I think. Because he gets Brock, uh, not Brock, he gets manic in the matchup, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I love. So, you know what? I, uh, we're we're watching um, UCLA's second round game, and Lombardi and I looked at each other when he said it because they did that those pre halftime interviews uh, on the on their way in, and and Mick Cronin said, "I I don't know why, but we just choose to take." Him way more difficult shots than we need to. And it's just, you know, it's it, it sounds stupid, but he's such a common sense, pr practical coach uh, from that standpoint. Because I've been thinking at the whole tournament, Barkley touched on it a little bit, um, not just with UCLA, but, but a lot of these teams, and they make it harder on themselves and than they need to. And God, they force themselves to live by the three when when the team is not, many of these teams are not built for that. And so, yes. you know, that it, it, it just made so much sense to me. But I, I agree with you, Stevie. I, I'm not a Hubert Davis fan, but it, it, without that even being said, there are a few coaches in Mick Cronin's class. I think he's, I think they're completely mismatched in coaching. I think this is where it comes to an end um, for North Carolina. Let's go to the uh, what I'm sure will be the most heavily wagered on a game of the weekend there at the <laughs> Beau Rivage. People are lining up right now. They can't wait. <laughs> They've traveled down from Ames, come in from Miami. It's an 11-10 matchup. Everything that TV wanted going into the weekend, Iowa State and uh, the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, what are you guys sitting on right now, Carl, and what do you got? Yeah, so, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is two surprise teams to be still left in the tournament. Uh, but you know what? My friend right there, Bill Berman, he's a Miami guy. He had Miami. Uh, he called Thank you, it. brother. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, I mean, you got to give them props for that. So we got Miami two and a half and one thirty three and a half. 
and I'm just going to make this short and sweet. Uh, I like Miami. I do not like Iowa State. Amen. Uh, uh, and I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I, I, I completely agree. Now, I don't know what I've seen of Iowa State. It's basically been in this tournament this year, right? So you guys have a better view of them. But um, <laughs> but I, I, I Miami's right where I thought they could be. Boy, it, it sounds like, you know, I, 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 I was right about a hell of a lot of this tournament. I was not. This is one of the few things I was right about. But I, I think Miami's right where they uh, where I thought they could be. And they are getting the benefit of playing um, a team that 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 they can that's very beatable. Well, oh yes, Steve. This is the game. I'm going against the grain with you guys. I've heard Miami, Miami, my everybody thinks this is the freebie on the bingo card, and this is the one that's going to get everybody. Uh, look, Iowa State beat LSU. Um, and then they they beat a good Wisconsin team. I know the guard for Wisconsin got hurt and everybody's saying that they, they wouldn't have won the game but look they won the lead when that happened Iowa State's playing great defense I mean they seem to be scoring enough to win and Miami just beat an Auburn team which was a you know now they're going to come into this game and think they they got to win this game and I, I don't think they do I really I think this is if Miami does win I think it's going to be inside of three I, I think the, the number here is I think Iowa State, you got to take the points here. I really do. I think this is the trap of the, the whole card. I think everybody thinks Miami's free money, and it's not. What's that total sitting at right now, Carl, for you guys on this game? Uh, let's see. We are at uh, 133 and a half. I wonder if any team has ever gone to the Elite Eight, never scoring more than 55 points in a game or so. <clears throat> Because that's, uh, well, 60, I should say 60. If anyone could do it, maybe it's Iowa State. I've watched them in the Big 12. They do have a good defense. Brockington can be special for this team. I just I just can't get there with them right now. So I got I to go with Miami on this one. And I think Miami, uh, pardon me, Iowa State just too limited offensively. I can't get behind the idea of a team not scoring over 60 because I don't think they can score over 60. It's, it's they have it's scored really over is. 60 many times. I mean, they, they scored over 60 against Baylor. In fact, um, they the last time they played Baylor was the same day that North Carolina and Duke played. I watched yep. that game. And let me tell you something. Iowa State kept coming at Baylor. I, it, I thought they could win the game. They went on a big run at the end of that game and cut it to two. Look, you know that that showed me something. The team's got some fight and some grit. They're not they're not no. You know, people think this this is a bad team. I don't think they're they're a bad team. I really don't. Everybody's cutting them short now. If they do meet Miami, I don't think they will advance further than that. But I do think they could beat Miami. I don't think Miami is that great of a team. I think everybody is putting them way higher than they should be because they upset Auburn, and that was a horrible matchup for Auburn. So with the four guards, that just did every. They got the guy, the center in foul trouble, and things just blew up on Auburn in that game. So this, let's not overrate this team. That they're they're not what people think they are. Yeah, well, I don't this. think my I don't think Miami is a great team, um, but I like their setup in this tournament, and I, I I I like the first round matchup with USC. I thought Auburn played inconsistent all year long, and that's exactly yeah. what they did in the second round. 
Um, I do not think Miami is a great team, but I do. I'm on. I think what Ryan is sort of hinting at is he likes the under on this game. Um, if that's the case, I, I agree with him if that's the case because I, I do like the under on that. Was that 133, Carl? Yeah. Yep. I like the under also. Yeah, I think Iowa State is kind of the poster child for how good the Big 12 was this year. They were undefeated in non-conference, rolled into the league, were okay for about a week or two, and then started having to play Big 12 games. A month later, people were going, what's wrong with Iowa State? Well, nothing. They're just playing in the Big 12. And it took a while, I think, for a lot of people to realize just how deep this Big 12 conference was this year that they just cannibalized each other throughout the year. And once they got back into the NCAA tournament and saw the first weekend and everything else, and I think Iowa State's a good example of that. I can't go with them past Miami. I just can't. I can't get my mind there. But then again, I can't get my mind past a lot of things, according to my wife. So, <clears throat> you know, it all evens out. All right, so we've rolled, we've, we've rolled through all the uh, the Sweet 16 games. Now we got to find out what's on tap, what's on the grill, what are we going to do to enjoy all this. Since we all can't be down in Biloxi there at the Boat Revage, what are we going to do, guys? Yeah. Well, I'm packing my bags right now. I'm flying out to Vegas tomorrow for the weekend, so that's where I'll be. Hmm. Oh, look at Mr. Jet Set. Oh, look at you. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Bill, what are you flying commercially or private? <laughs> Only guys oh, like you shit. can afford to fly private. Look, 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 this guy. <laughs> I mean, gee, thanks for setting the bar low. I'm flying to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. We got we got two minutes, guys. Well, got, I'm Bill. going over to Summers Point to the uh, to my favorite Irish bar, Josie Kelly's. I'm going to throw down more wings than I should, <laughs> drink a little bourbon, mix in a little beer, and then go home and make my wife miserable. <laughs> 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 Me, I'm going to – I tell you what, I'm going to – hopefully I'm going to work uh, a couple of shorter days, some shorter days this week than I did last. Uh, hopefully we have a good crowd in. I'm going to eat some good food. Uh, I, I think uh, tomorrow hamburger will probably be uh, the target. Then I'll probably do wings Friday. Uh, and, of course, uh, drink drink a few beers each night. That's what I'll be doing. Sounds like a beautiful weekend, everybody. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us on the One More Podcast. It's not just One More Podcast. It's the first podcast to go to. Everything else, you can have one more after that. Guys, enjoy the hell out of it. Everybody follow everybody on Twitter. Do all the cool stuff. Share it, spread it, get it around, and tell everybody you want one more. Good job, guys. See y'all later. <laughs>